coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. We have a gorgeous black female who happens to be a Republican, so I want to hear what she has to say. It's not just about him as a man. It's about a concept of letting people get an opportunity to truly change, to know the game, and stop being left out of the game. How do you know Trump is telling you the truth on everything he says? He doesn't. Nobody tells the truth on everything they say, but I got enough sense to research. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any the, black people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? One. Not one. Come on, Bill, one. you got to have one a nope. token black person. A token and there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids, and I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. God, many people in this country are going through so many situations with inflation, with political unrest, with jobs, with health issues, just with the uncertainty, God. God, many of us on this call today are leaders. You put us in positions to make decisions that affect so many people. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us in our decision-making. Give us the wisdom and understanding, knowing that decisions that we make will have long-lasting impact. So, God, we love you, and we thank you for putting us in positions of leadership and owning businesses, being presidents of companies. But we know without your grace and mercy, we can't stand these prestigious seats. So let us be those ones who help others, God, those who are less fortunate, those who can't do anything for us. Let us continue to plant trees that we know we won't be able to sit under. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, I want to thank you for allowing us to live in the greatest country in the history of civilization. Um, America, the land of the free, the home of the brave. Uh, it's an area that, yeah, we we may argue amongst ourselves, but if you look at the big picture, Lord, what you've done with us in this country is uh, unbelievable and continues to be unbelievable. Yes, we've been through some tough times, uh, a civil war, world wars, inflation, uh, all kinds of gas shortages. I mean, just unemployment, but we get through it. The American people are strong people. And we just thank you for that, that we can see our way through. And in the end, we do the right thing. Amen. Bless us all, God.
I agree. Amen. Amen. So how's everyone doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Bill, you know, I'm used to being on the show with one Democrat, the good looking black guy, and one or two Republicans. Last week it was you and Congressman Mark Walker, two Republicans against one good looking black guy. But this has never happened. What's happening today, Bill, has never happened. Here we have the good looking black guy. We have a gorgeous black female who happens to be a Republican. So I want to hear what she has to say. And then we have the good looking dapper Bill Goble, who outdressed me at my own award ceremony last <laughs> week. I mean, you know, you got my wife telling me I got to look as good as Bill. You, you need to it. dress like Bill. You need and to it step it up. The other way, Bill, your wife used to say you need to pick up your game like Odell. So what's going on, Mr. Bill? Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. That's what I do, baby. I just do it. And, uh, you know, to make it do what it do. Yeah, just going to do it. Hey, I got to tell you, you're right. This is the first time this has happened. And uh, I, I'm really feeling like a minority. Okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, okay. but, uh, but I, I, you know, we've, we've had so, such a diverse group of people on this show. It's unbelievable. You know, when I try and explain people the show, you know, it's, it's a black Democrat and a white Republican coming from different backgrounds. And I said, I'll give you an example of somebody that's been on our show, the son of the number one white supremacist. Mm -hmm. And they go, whoa, really? And I said, yeah, he grew up hating black people. And Odell grew up hating white people. So I just let them hash it out. And uh, this, this particular fella, he was so worried about possibly having kids that could be like his father that he went and got a vasectomy when he's 26 years old. Wow. 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 And, and wow. he ended up starting an adoption group for Romanian kids. And he has a ministry now that adopts kids from Romania. Cause he wow. can't have kids. It's, you know, we've had such a diverse group and I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to someone that's a very strong Trumper and, and hear, hear, hear why and understand it. You know, like you said, I'm not questioning you as if you're on a witness stand, I'm questioning you for a better understanding. And uh, I'm not trying to convince you any other way. I just try to understand where you're coming from. Absolutely. Bill, when I met Miss Carissa Stewart, and she is the executive director of the Truly Making a Difference Incorporated nonprofit organization, but also audience, she is the president of A&K Training Facilities, LLC in Greensboro. And when I met, I first, and also Bill, uh, she's the president of a Hemp Things Incorporated. So just so you know, Bill, uh, she has about a 80-acre farm that's been designated and ready to go once you find the right partners with growing hemp. And I think you should talk a little bit about that later on. But when I met her, you know, she's an amazing, very strong woman, very, I just respect her. And when I went in her office, she had the big hat that says Trump 20, I think it's Trump 2024 or something like that. Something yeah. about Trump. You know, once I see it, but so much, I don't even read it anymore. And then she had the t-shirt the and the hat and a cup bill. So a black woman who loves Trump. And so we're going to ask her why, but also a little bit about her background. So, well, wait, um, before you do that, I got a question we're going to ask her too. Yes. I want to understand this hemp thing because if she she thinks that marijuana is going to be legal and she's going to grow a crop of marijuana and make a boatload of money for a cash crop, I've got two acres in my back lot. <laughs> okay, well, 
Well, I go. Well, we're going to introduce her, and we're going to talk to her right now. Uh, Miss Caressa, how you doing? Ain't nothing God hasn't already taken care of. And how are you? Okay. Well, listen, let me ask you a question. Can you bring your mic a little closer to you? Because we have uh, listeners in every state in the union, and I think we have in 38 different countries. So we want to make sure they see you and they hear you because you have a lot to say. So tell us about yourself. I am Caressa Lanae Stewart, and I am a Republican that honors America like everyone else. And I am doing everything that I can do to help as many people as I can help. And that's what my life is about, true change. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I'm running organizations and, and I'm helping as many people as I can help because I, I really believe that it is time for people to realize that there is a better life. You don't have to keep selling for less. And that's what I'm about. It's that simple. <clears throat> Well, now this whole thing with President Trump. So President Trump announces last night that he's running again. Did you watch the announcement live? And what was your thoughts? Actually, what I, I we already knew he was going to run. And um, there were some people who came by my office that was going down there to hear them. And they were telling me that's what he was getting ready to do. The point that it, 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 it's funny because people don't understand that it's not just about him as a man. It's about a concept of letting people get an opportunity to truly change, to know the game, and stop being left out of the game. That's what I like about Trump. He doesn't cut, he doesn't, to me, he, he speaks from a place of truth because he's going to tell you, he said once, um, one time that you can't blame him for knowing how to play the game and the shortcuts to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what he reveals to me is that it's like he has this attitude that you can't tell me what I can have and who I can be when I know who I am and I know what I can be. So I like for people to be truthful. I rather know exactly where he's coming from than a lot of the politicians that have no clue. They, they tell us what they think we want to hear and then they destroy us. At least I know exactly where he's coming from. And, and a lot of people say, well, he's prejudiced. Everybody's prejudiced to a certain extent in their own way. We just do go about it differently. And I think prejudice has been among us all my life. So that's not the, that's not the issue. The issue is giving me a fair opportunity to live my life accordingly, to have the things that America promised you as an American. And that's all I, I can say is that I like the fact that he's about being America, being able to be in America and have a choice at having a better life and finding the, the direction you can go in to get that better life. That's what I like about Trump. <laughs> I guess the question what do you I think about what do you think about Ron DeSantis? I don't. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't really I don't focus on I'm focusing on the target. Everybody else is just somebody that's gonna come along and hopefully they'll make it better or they'll make it worse. I mean, what what power have we ever really had over the government? I mean, they were but, doing. But do you think that Ron DeSantis would make President Trump a good vice president? I don't. Really, I haven't researched him yet. I just wanted to hear Trump say he was going to run. Now I go after everybody else he's, he's partnering with. 
you know, because we weren't really sure he was going to do it because they're still trying to destroy him. Yep. Or, or they're, they're trying to keep him from running for president. It's not that he's a bad president. It, there's nothing wrong with being a truthful person. If he just shoots straight from the hip, he just shoots. Hey, I, I got a question. How do you know? How do you know Trump is telling you the truth on everything he says? He doesn't. Nobody tells the truth on everything they say. But I got enough sense to research. I got enough sense to look at what he's talking about, and I see how. Let me tell you something. I find it very uh, strange that if I had documents from the White House that they say I stole, and they're at my house, and they come and get them, and I don't go to jail, that speaks volumes. That shows you that they're doing something to try to make it look like one thing when it's really another. But that's America. The, our government has always been back like this. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? They always put up a, 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 a screen when they're doing something else. And nobody, he's one of the few presidents that I've ever had an opportunity to grow my business as long as I've been doing business. Do you understand? He made it. He made a way for me to see things that people never told me that I could do. So that's what I trust about him is shooting straight from the hip because I can look it up. I can go find out about him. Nobody is 100% honest, especially when they got money in their, their yeah, politics. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Mike Pence? I don't. I mean, he's a walking zombie to me. I don't really know him. Okay. I look for the can. I only focus on the candidates that matter to me. Okay. Everybody else is irrelevant until they do something that causes an effect, a ripple effect in my life. And like I said, Trump is the first president that I've ever seen. I mean, as much as I loved Obama, I can't hear what Obama did for me. I really can't, except be black and not get killed. That's what I was happy about that he made it through his presidency. But most of the things that I can say is that Trump made me pay attention to government. He made me, he, he's making me pay attention to the politics, to, to everything that I took for granted. And I've always voted because my, my ancestors died so I could vote. So that's why I've always voted. And, and I grew up being a Democrat, but I learned that Democrats give you a box of cheese. Well, Republicans help you open up a cheese factory. And that's what that's my concept. The uh, how, how about do you know any local or state people? That you yes, know? I know uh, Congressman Walker. I know um, I know all of my my. Do you, my do you think Congressman Walker tells the truth? Well, I haven't really. I mean, he's he's helped me. I went to him and I talked to him and his his constituents and his, his employees and, and they when they said that they're going to try to help you do something, they do. He hasn't lied to me so far. Good. Well, the uh, let me tell you a Trump story about him. Um, Mark was going to run for Senate uh, against Tillis. And uh, they, uh, Trump and I think it was Mark Meadows and uh, the Speaker of the House, uh, forgot his name, the older fellow. Uh, he, uh, they've invited Mark to the White House, and they said, "Mark, we don't want you to run against Tillis. Uh, That's just going to cause problems. Let Tillis run on his own." But, but uh, the next senator, Burr, 
is going to not run and we'll support you when that happens. And, uh, so he, uh, uh, I'm getting feedback on my headset. Does uh, anybody no, else? Anybody else? No. I'm not on a headset. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, so the uh, they said we don't want you to run, and we'll we'll support you if you run against uh, if you run in Senator Burr's spot. So he said okay, and he waited and he started running, and then Trump comes down to East Carolina, and Mark Walker and his family is sitting right in the front desk. Our front chairs in the uh, banquet hall, yeah. and they're thinking he's going to come out and endorse Mark. And uh, Trump comes out and endorses in, endorses Ted Budd. After Trump had said he was going to endorse Mark Walker, okay. that's, look, that's a story I got from Mark Walker. So either Mark Walker's lying or Trump is not telling the truth. Well, it 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 did did Trump. Endorsed the other guy. Oh yeah, he came out and endorsed him in front of, in front of the whole Republican Party there, and his kids started crying, and he they said, "Dad, let's leave. This is embarrassing." And he said, "No, this is a teachable moment. That's right. You need to be there." But he he endorsed him in front of him. Go, it's on the internet. Just look it up. Okay, but it's still but, about it, it's still about the fact that first of all, you don't put your direction in every in one person's hand. It don't matter if, if what's meant for you is going to happen, okay? So if Trump doesn't vote for me, that just means Trump, that means I got to get other constituents to help me put me where I need to be. You don't count on no one person anyway. I never would have just believed Trump would do it. Well, you know? the thing is, Trump gave his word he was going to do it. Okay. So well, you think Trump... Go ahead, go ahead. Let me ask a question, though. The good thing, Bill, you're absolutely correct. And with Club for Growth was a part of that. And I think Club for Growth is split with Trump now because I think they're going for DeSantis and they were a big money maker. So I think a lot of it was just uh, of different deals. But one of the things that I agree, um, Carissa, is this. If I had my magic wand, I would say that 50 percent of African-Americans would be Democrats, 15 um, percent would be Republicans and the other 35% would be independents. Right. That way, to your point, that the African-Americans concern would always be there because I believe that the Democratic Party takes the black vote for granted Absolutely. and the Republican Party ignores the black vote and the black vote's caught between a political rock and a hard place. And because of that, I think sometimes we get the short end of the stick because like in any kind of relationship, if someone's taking you for granted, they're not going to always be concerned about you right. as much because it's like, okay, Odell's not going anywhere. Odell's not going to do anything. So that's my perspective. But let me ask you, how do you think about Lieutenant Governor uh, Mark Robinson from a Republican? <laughs> I, I, I've met him on several occasions. I've talked to him. As a matter of fact, some of that land that I was planning on, uh, I'm doing hemp fiber, by the way, not smokable hemp. But um, I was wanting to put a gun range, I think because my daughter has a gun permit and she can teach and all that kind of stuff. And so I've been talking to Mr. Robinson. I know Mr. Robinson, not on a personal level, just from going to some of his functions and talking to him. And I think he's just a, he's just a direct guy who feels like it, like his gun rights were being violated. And, and ever since then, he speaks from a place of, um, I would say it's, it's experience, right? 
So he's looking at a side of government that he speaks about his situations and what he's been through, his family, and what he's seen. And that's why, to me, he chose the Republican Party. It depends on your life. It depends on where you've been, who's helped you, who's, 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 who's even giving you advice to go in a different direction instead of the same direction that you're going in and getting nowhere. So that's what Republican, the Republican Party has shown me, that I don't have to always take no or I'm not good enough or anything like that. It depends on what you're trying to do and who you're trying to do it with. You want to be with people that everybody's not going to support you no matter what. It's always going to be people who want and there's always going to be people who will. But I look at the fact as long as I'm trying to help and change the dynamics of my community, that's what makes me a strong Republican for the simple reason is that they have different avenues that I can go down that doesn't have anything to do with government. It's the fact that people in this party are, are financially strong enough to help and physically and mentally support me with help. Well, you know what, though? You have stumbled on something that if the Republican Party continues to take your lead of saying, okay, instead of taking selected certain type of Black people, that's my words, no one else, and mm -hmm. say, I'm going to invite you to the Republican Party because you have the status, you have the wealth, or you have everything else, the intellect, the education, and say, well, the other ones we're going to leave here. You're saying, no, 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 no. I'm here to continue to give my community a hand up, not a hand out. In some places where the Democrats are found guilty is giving the Black community a hand out, not a hand up. How do you feel about that? I feel like it's been going on ever since the Democratic Party took over. There's no, there's no significant evidence that they truly made change in America as far as the Black people go, as far as our race goes. Everything is, is like people are dependent on everything that the government do. They, if they don't give food stamps, they panic. If they don't get all of these things that the government gives them for free, our people are starting to think it's okay to get everything for free. And they what does that mean? The, wait a minute. Okay. What does that mean when you say our people, and this is a black conversation, Bill, right. but you can weigh in, but our people seem to think that it's okay for the government to give them everything for free. That's that's a strong statement. It can is you uh, drill deep in that and explain I'm it to our listening audience? Okay. I give away, I help people with phone, government phone, and government telephone, right? I've helped them with a lot of government programs. I help people get furniture and everything. And a lot of times they think that the government owes them. Okay. They think because they've given all of our, even when I was little, they used to give us cheese and peanut butter. And you know, they used to give us those boxes. And stuff. Those well, we used to call it welfare cheese. Right. The welfare, but it was good stuff. But still, they used to give it to us by the droves. Right. And so we depend on them helping us. And when we can't find another out, we panic. And that has to stop because you should always have other means to get what you want and not depend on the government. It's a dependency. It's like now, just in the city alone, all they do, they got a, they got a program where people from the outside come in and tell us what they're doing, disparity studies, every, every five years. But nothing changes. They do all of this. They they putting people out of projects. 
that they've been in forever. And these people don't have nowhere to go because they depend. How can you stay in, in, in a unit where your mother lived there, your sisters lived there, everybody stay in the project. Nobody was telling them about how to get their credit straight and, and buy a house. You just They just give them the basic things and they never show them a better picture. That's what the Democrats do. They never show you a better picture. You tell me how things have changed since Biden been in that really made a big difference to the black community. I'm I'm listening. I'm, I'm listening asking. now. Okay, well well I am a hero. Well, President Obama is my hero to a certain okay. degree. Um I'm one who's challenged from a perspective of, I look at it the way you look at it in a certain degree. I'm not a registered Republican by any chance. However, I am a very conservative Democrat. I look at the perspective that I rather have a hand up, not a hand out. How do we get people out of uh, public housing? How do we get people out of off of welfare? How do we get people to be entrepreneurs? And the fact that people of color and other people may not have this skill, but let's value this other skill called creativity. Um, I just think that people, not all, but some people see it differently that yes, I will spend more time and energy trying to beat the system. And when you start dealing with this whole thing called a social safety net, which is a great thing, Um, thank God for the social safety net in America, But if you turn the safety net into a hammock, and let me explain, well, you people usually go on vacation and they lay down and they rest in a hammock, then all of a sudden poverty becomes your king because the hammock will entangle you, entrap you, ensnare you, and you look up X amount of years later and like, oh my God, uh, the system's against me. No, the system's not necessarily against you, even though I think it's bias, prejudice, and stereotypes in there, but you took a nap on a hammock that was a safety net. And now, years later, when you woke up, Methuselah, then you have to understand that life opportunities, because the safety net's in place for you to climb, for you to try. And if you fail or if you come short, yes, there is food stamps. Yes, there is housing. Yes, there is a lot of things. But don't depend on that. That's the safety net. That's the floor. That's the floor. We're blessed in this country that we have a social safety net that you could get Medicaid, Medicaid, you right. could get insurance, you could do all those things. It is food pantries in other countries, then it's like, hey, if you starve, you starve. So that's just kind of from my perspective. But Bill, you have two black people, one Republican, one Democrat, one male, one female, talking about America. What say you, our good white Republican friend? Well, you know, it, I'm just listening to this and trying to understand what's um, where everybody's coming from. And uh, I think the thing that uh, I uh, I feel is um, there's not a lot of unity in the black community. Absolutely not, right? Exactly. And but I can say that about the white community too. So don't think I'm picking on black. But it's, no, we, you're right. It's more so in our community because they got us mentally and physically separated. Yeah. And, it's, it's, a, it's a game they play. They, that's why we're not doing as well as we should be doing because we don't come together from the churches to, I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And that's what I'm about. I'm about uniting people who want to help all of us, not just some of us, not the ones that got. But go ahead, I apologize. 
No, 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 no. Let me jump in there while, while, while Bill stopped for a minute before Bill beat me up. Caress, when you say it's a game, they are playing. Yeah. Who's the they? Because I grew up in a community. Bill said, Odell grew up hating white people. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of my pain came from white folks. And people in my community would say the white man, the white man, the white man. But now that's when I was a boy. Now as a man, I understand it's not the white man per that's se. Right. That's right. It's the black uh, man, the white man is us. So yeah, the day, right. when you say they are controlling us, they are holding us back. They, who's they? I'm, I'm talking about the people who are supposed to be our leaders are doing certain things to keep people in certain places, right? It's like, it's like voting. Okay. Now, they didn't get out and try to get it. They're not even, black people believe that their vote doesn't count. How does it even ever come to that? I vote because people died so that I could vote. You know, people have forgotten about the real history of where we come from and how we're trying to change things and, and, and to do better. Everybody should have a fair opportunity in life. If you don't take it, you don't take it. But my point is, if you got your own people dogging you, we got leaders in, in our own city who care more about um, whether or not a condemned house is, is, is closed down as opposed to, in our, in our community, we don't have any black retail uh, um, stores that are black owned. Okay, everything in our community comes from, from other people from other countries. Okay, like it makes no sense to me that 99% of black women who do hair are African Americans and they don't own a beauty supply store. How is that even possible? Those are the things that bother me the most. We should be participating in the economic growth of our own communities and we never get that opportunity. Sure, we got plenty of barbers and and the beauticians, but they don't own anything. Their, their businesses are not supplying us with the need and the demands we need for supplies. We get our supplies from everybody but Black people. And that's a problem for me. Why is, the, why is the liquor stores in our communities and who owns the liquor stores? Well, the state owns it here. And why not? For the, they don't even sell the... You can come over here to where I am and go in those little stores, those neighborhood hood stores, right? And you will find- Wait a minute, what'd you call it? A neighborhood hood store. Hood store, because they're hood, okay? You can go in there and find malt liquor and stuff that they don't sell anywhere else but on our side of town. You can't find the blunt papers in the, and now that the, the companies have said that this causes cancer, everything's increased, I mean, when did you ever have a, a fit for a blunt? You know, these people are, are fighting over, over things that has got to be chemically altered to make you want it even more. And none of that stuff is anywhere on any other side of town. They sell specific liquor, specific beer, specific smoking stuff that is specifically aimed at us. So food is even different. I don't shop on this side of town. I go to public. Now, I got a question. Then why why are all the pawn shops in that area? Because they know we got to sell stuff to pay the bills. They know we're not we're not making enough money to do what we're supposed to do or to have. The first thing everybody does is when they get low in funds, they go pawn stuff. They do things like that because that's a quick way to get some money to make. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have problems with other issues 
that cause us to be in that state. But we have to change the dynamic of the way people see things. Because if you believe that you are nothing, you are nothing. If you believe that you are something, you are something. So we have to change the belief system of what we've been taught for our people. You know, in, 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 in uh, one of the, the, the documentaries that, that uh, um, the Clintons did, they, they said black people were predators and animals. And, and they always make, you can, I can tell when something comes on that something happens, whether it was a white person that did it or a black person that did it. Because when it's a black person, they automatically tell you. I had to do the story. I looked at the story with a young man in Raleigh went on that shooting spree. It took forever for me to find out what color he was until I kept reading and researching, and I found out it was a young white man. You understand what I'm saying? Black on black crime. We don't sell, we don't have no black manufacturers for guns. We don't have no black gun stores. So where are we getting the guns? They got to be coming from somewhere. They never investigate the source. Nobody ever tries to find out the source of things to make change. And that's the problem. Bill? Well, I was going to say Odell. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. You know, it's interesting. When we were traveling a couple, about a month ago through Europe, we went to um, England and then we went to Paris. And one of the things that they was sharing with us. And I don't know how it came up, but it came up. It's like they don't sell Mountain Dew in Paris, if I'm not mistaken, either Paris or London, because said it's, it's ridiculous. It's so unhealthy. And wow. when you talk about some of you mentioned food in our communities and stuff like that. But, you know, one of the things I want to ask you, two things. You never said we are a victim. And I appreciate that, even though your president last night said he's a victim. You know, rich white man in Mar-a-Lago said he's a victim. So we'll leave that right there for now. However, when did your awakening, when did your enlightenment, when was your aha moment as being raised a Democrat, understanding that many Black people, me included, were indoctrinated and being a Democrat, that Democrats are good for you, Republicans are bad for you, just like in my early life, uh, Black people are good for you, white people are bad for you. What happened? Can you share with the audience because uh, there's people around the, the world who's going to be listening to you. What happened to change you, not in a negative, but to open your mind up to a broader perspective and say it's okay to be a loud and proud Republican? I started realizing that I wasn't getting anywhere as a Democrat. Nothing ever changed for me. And the people around me never changed. And I met a young man that, that introduced me to the Republican Party and start taking me places. And I start listening to these people. And, and the difference is night and day. You see, you see people that seem to be a lot happier. They're talking about facts and what we really need. They're not talking about what they want to give us. They're talking about how we can go get it. And, and what better way to live your life than to go to be able to go get it for yourself and not have to depend on anybody? Well, you know, I think it, this this show's called the Common Ground Show, mm -hmm. and the whole time you're talking, I'm I'm trying to think. Okay, how am I going to find common ground with you? Um, because a lot of things you say. You're I both just, Republicans. You're I, both Republicans. That's how it's common ground. Well, no, let me just say, um, you know, because I disagree with a lot of things you say, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, in the, uh, but I, I'm trying to think how can I find common ground with you, and I tell you how I think I can find common ground with you. 
And your last statement was, I don't depend on anybody. I do it myself. So why do you why do you depend on a political party to make your life right? It's not dependent on the, the, the dependence on the party. It's what the party stands for that I depend on. The fact that they can make change. You, you don't need to stand. You don't need somebody to set your standards. You should no, no, no. That's not. They're not setting my standards. What they're doing is they're showing me a better way than another party was showing me. Yeah, but there could but be the a third. There could be a third party to show you even a better way. My daughter's and a fourth an party that shows you a better way. Right. My point is, none of us should depend on a political party. It's not, yeah, it, I'm not we, we don't, on we don't need to do that. What we America was grown on independence. You know, look, you know, it was an independent. That's what we declared our independence. Right. King. We didn't we didn't we didn't rely on the king. The only king we need to rely on is God. That's not right. That's right. So so forget the political party. So that's where I think you and I find common ground. Okay. Is, is depending on God, right. not a political party. But I'm not dependent. You you guys are asking me what I like about the Republican and the Democrat. I don't depend on man, period. My joy comes from honoring God with everything I do. I just like a, a different. It's just like I'd rather have roast beef than ham. That don't make me to be dependent on, on the roast beef. It's just that I like something better. And I was just stating about how I like the Republican Party better. I never even tried the independence yet. But that don't mean that if their party, it's just it's just a concept of of living in America and having to adjust the, the laws and rules and, and things that make your life better. Not just the fact that because you don't want to hang out with crooks and thieves and robbers. You want to hang out with people that are shakers and moves. And I, I that's what I like about the Republican Party for me. I've seen a lot of shakers and moves. So it's more about the people, not the party. I've, I've been introduced to some really great Republicans, and that's why I chose to become a Republican. Well, you know, it's interesting. You, you've been introduced to at least one good-looking, slim and trim black man who's a Democrat. That would be me. And since I lost a pound or two, now I'm, I'm, I'm barking a little louder. But yes, let me just right. tell you, Bill, where I find common ground. I find common ground as a black person that I love the fact that she has the independence and the strong state of mind to make a choice. I think it's horrible that 90-something percent of Black folks are Democrats. Not that Democrats are bad. It's just that it goes against the very essence of what the system's about. It, it's like, Odell, you either feast the famine, and when people start taking that vote for granted, we are not gaining versus we had the Odell's model 20, 35, 15, then every vote, every legislation, every conversation would be like, okay, wait a minute. What's, how about the black folk? Because when I look at white folks, when I look at Jewish folks, when I look at Hispanic folks, when I look at everybody except for us, is no other race of people who are 90, 85, 89% in one party. This is a two, three party system and we're playing checkers when everybody mm -hmm. else is playing chess. So mm -hmm. that's my common ground with it. Do I agree with everything she says? Of course not. Does she agree with everything I says? Of course not. But the common ground is I love what she's doing. I love it because that's what I've been talking about for years. And as people of color, we I think we got it wrong. I think we got it wrong. This formula may have worked in the 60s, right. in the 70s, in the 80s, but it's 2022. Oh, so Ms. Stewart, I praise what you're doing. I love what you're doing. 
Do I agree? No. However, do I disagree 100%? No. Keep doing your thing. I guess I could say from South Carolina, you go, girl. <laughs> well, Bill, come on back to me. Well, uh, Carissa, I got to tell you, I, I'm very proud of you. I, you. I I am proud because, you know, you voice your opinion. You listen to other people. Uh, you you make your opinion and, and you stick with it. You know, and I know you you you're willing to change your opinion if you see Absolutely. a better thing. So, yeah. so I, I I respect that. I think that's terrific, and uh, that's another area I think we can find common ground. Okay. So so, Krista, tell us a little bit because we we went all about Trump, 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 Trump. Because I think Trump, I think Trump is like this. Have you ever went to the family reunion? And all of a sudden, you have a drunk uncle out there who had a little bit to drink. Not a lot, but just a little bit. Then he put his arm around you, Bill, and he started telling you, but I remember changing your diapers. I remember when you were little, we used to play. And, you know, now he started drinking more and more. So now, all of a sudden, the conversations get a little more serious and it get a little more slurry of voice. And you're trying to get away from him because it's like, wait a minute. And everybody laugh at all the jokes and the stories, but are we laughing with him or laughing at him? And I think the Republican Party has an issue right now because the drunk uncle is showing up. And now the drunk uncle said, I'm running for office again. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, uncle, wait a minute. He's like, no, I ain't waiting on nobody. I don't care about the Herschel Walker race. I don't care about nothing. I care about me. So we talked about all that, and that's my perspective on President Trump. But I do believe that he has the right to that's, do whatever he point. wants to do. To do whatever point. he wants to do. He has the right. Tell us about A and K Training Facility LLC, because I don't want the audience to think that here you are, someone who runs a nonprofit only, but you run a for-profit business yes, and sir. a profitable for-profit business. How long you've been business for yourself? Um, I've been uh, actually, it's a CDL training facility. It's a CDL school, and I do other. I do heavy equipment and and um, backhoes or whatever I can do as far as equipment goes. I try to train people on excavators and, and, and all of those things. But I've been in business with A and K since 2017, and I I started my program because the CDL uh, program. It seemed that wouldn't let black people in if they had a criminal record, right? So I looked it up and I found out that a criminal record has nothing to do with you getting your CDL. It's a licensing thing. And, and licenses are a privilege. So I opened up a school so that I could help people who otherwise couldn't get their driver's license, get their driver's license straight and start making money in the CDL business. Get driving trucks, driving buses, because all of those things are a good paying job. So I noticed that a lot of the schools wasn't letting people come with a criminal record. And now with, with, with tracking systems and all of this other stuff with CDL, that shouldn't even be a problem anymore. So that's why I started the school so I can help the underdogs. Give people a hand up, not a handout. You're not passing out welfare cheese. You're not passing out welfare peanut butter. You're saying if you want an opportunity, here it is. I'm here to help you. Now, I've been in that business with welfare reform from years ago. Bill's been in that business helping people. And we know helping people is risky. We know helping people, you get hurt. We know people disappoint you. Can right. you tell us about some of your hurts and some of your disappointments and how people have taken your kindness for weakness and lie, cheat, and steal and 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 hurt you? 
Well, that's what that's what people do. Hurt people hurt people. That's a fact. That's not something somebody's made up. And when you're afraid that you're going to lose something, they have a tendency to take. It's a lot of people that still owe me money because I let them go ahead and graduate without getting paid. But that's where my superiority comes for my supreme being. Because God has always made a way for me to stay in business, regardless of how people do me. And I've learned that the biggest problem that I had is I was taking it to heart. So now when people do me injustice, I pray about it. And I'm here to tell you, since I've learned to really focus on my relationship with my supreme being, it changes the hurt. It's not as bad. It doesn't happen so much that I can still go on because I have to go on because there are other people who still need me, who still need help. So I'm not going to let a couple of bad apples, I'm just going to throw them out and get some more apples. It's just that simple. I'm not going to keep dwelling on it. I just let it go. Well, Bill, how do you do it? You've been doing this for a long time. You've helped a lot of people. People have disappointed you. And I think this is something the audience need to understand because a lot of times when you say, I'm doing a nonprofit, I'm doing church, I'm doing Boy Scouts. I'm doing, and a lot of times it's not just the people who we're helping. A lot of time is the people who are in administration, the people mm -hmm. who are part of these organizations, because you have politics inside and outside of institutions. So, Bill, how do you deal with hurt, sir? Well, I, you know, before I became a Christian, I'd want to get back at them. <laughs> I'd, want to, I'd want to get my two pounds of flesh. But since I've become a Christian, I've learned that's that's really not the right way, nor is, nor is it satisfying. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, it's satisfying for a couple of minutes, but then you feel like, man, I, that was a real, that was terrible what I just did to get even. So I kind of take a lesson from Jesus. When he went home to his family in Nazareth, they did, the, nobody accepted him for what he was. Right. And what did he do? He didn't, he didn't like call down fire and brimstone and, you know, do any of that stuff or angels. He, he dusted, dusted dust off. He dusted his sandals off and left. And just and did his thing. So that's what I do. Uh, now, do I forget? No, I don't forget because, you know, fool me once, shame on me or shame on, you know, just a learning experience. But if you do it twice, then it's really my fault. Yeah. I don't need to be done that twice. But I'm, I'm kind of even, I'll, I'll, I'll even go to three times before I walk away. But once the switch is off, the switch stays off. It takes a lot to get it back on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I don't forget, I don't forget. Uh, I imagine I do forget over time, but you know, it's just, I learn a lesson from it. And it's more Absolutely. lessons learned. Well, I'm not going to do that again. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I've had people that owed me situations and they would make, they, they'd make an attempt to help, you know, to square it up. And as long as they're making an attempt, I'm cool with that. And then, uh, you know, the coolest thing you could do is somebody bar borrowed money from you and say, you know, they're, they're struggling to pay you back at a hundred dollars a month and they owe you a couple grand. The best thing you could do is let them pay you a couple hundred dollars for maybe a year and then call them up and say, your debt's forgiven. Mm. Wow. You know, it's interesting, Bill, when I think about what you said, and I think about my days of welfare form or working at the church or any place, and we all have this experience, Ms. Stewart, is the fact that a lot of times people walk into our lives and it, they may have been a former or present uh, drug dealer. They may have been a former or present um, 
prostitute. They may have been a former or present, uh, whatever. And sometimes, Bill, in the black community, they could have been um, a Republican, too. Well, we'll, we'll leave that alone. But in the black community, usually people look at white collar crime differently than um, yeah. other crimes. And in a lot of cases, Ms. Stewart, how do you, knowing that Odell's coming in your office, Odell's a crook, Odell's a thief, Odell's a drug dealer, Odell's a prostitute, Odell's whatever Odell is, and you still help. And when you know Odell's sitting there lying to you, but you still help. Where does that come from? Because God said ye without sin cast the first stone. If I start thinking about from whence I came, that's how I can deal with people. Because if it wasn't for the grace of God, there go I. And who am I to judge? You understand what I'm saying? And my mom taught me a long time ago, you don't give anything you can't afford to lose. So if I give you a thousand dollars and you don't never give me my money back. If I know I couldn't afford to give it to you, I shouldn't have gave it to you. So I don't, I've, I've learned to do things in moderation and not try, because I'm not God, I can't save you. So therefore, I learn to do things in moderation. I'm never going to overindulge in trying to help somebody that's not trying to help themselves. Well, let me ask a question. As, as we, and Bill's going to ask you this question, you know, we asked the uh, uh, guests how they find common ground. But before Bill asks you that, what do you want the audience to know about you, your company, how they could help? Uh, what what do you want all these folks who are going to be listening to you? And interesting enough, I think, and I don't know anything, I'm just a good looking, slim and trim black guy. Did I tell you all that I'm a slim and trim black guy who lost 60 pounds? I haven't said that. Maybe I haven't said that. But just in case I want people to know, I'm the slim and trim black guy who's lost 60 pounds on my way to losing 100 pounds. But what, if someone wants to get involved, because they're like, here it is, a black female who's a Republican, and I listen to her, and I agree with her. How do I support her? How do people, what do you want people to know, and how can people support some of your beliefs and your efforts, and what's your vision for the future for your community? Because obviously, you're not a Republican to say, hey, I'm a Republican, I'm moving on the other side of town, because obviously you can uh, I'm not going to help these poor black people because obviously that's your choice. But you said, no, I'm staying where you planted me, God. I'm right. staying where you planted me. Well, I'm working. Um, I'm in a shopping center uh, on Martin Luther King Jr. Drive where God has placed me. And my goal is to acquire the shopping center and create a retail entrepreneurship retail center where I can teach people every aspect of retail from their marketing to their payroll to their taxes, everything you would need to know about business. And therefore, teach my people about retail business, how to go into business for themselves and change the dynamics of the poverty in our community. So we need to start selling and getting into the market and really doing things that really make a difference. So the goal is to get the shopping center through my nonprofit, which is truly making a difference. Because that's what I want to do, truly make a difference and just continue to grow as people and as community so that we can start helping among ourselves and not depending on everybody else for help. That's where I'm at. Bill? I love it. I love it. So how do you find common ground with people that disagree with you? Well, I just, I'm still going to state my facts because there, there's always going to be somebody who disagrees. And so there, as long as I know that I am doing as right as I can, I don't have a problem with people disagreeing with me. 
And if they know something better that they can tell me, I'm always willing to listen and learn to do better because I don't know everything. I know a little, but I'd like to know more. So that's how I can meet with common ground on anybody that comes, that's helping my plan develop into the plan that God has given me. So I can agree to disagree. And this, Carissa, what do you think when folks come to your office and they see your Trump hat and your Trump mug on your desk? I think they think that um, she's the greatest woman in the world. <laughs> no, I really don't think about it. It's just what I got. As a matter of fact, some black Republicans gave me those items. Okay? And so, and as a matter of fact, they're going to the rally now and they're going to bring me back some more stuff because that's what they sell. But I do it because I want people to know that there's a difference. You have to make your own choices. You can't just go back because everybody tells you to be a Democrat or everybody tells you to be a Republican or everybody tells you to be an independent. Just make up your own mind. So, so when I show up with my Obama hat and my red Obama glasses uh -huh. and what sits on my desk is my Obama Obama uh, head. We, we, we okay, right? You know, I'm Obama, you're Trump, we love everybody, and, and I agree with you. I agree with you that you said that, listen, as a Black person, when President Obama bill got out of the beast, we all yelling, get back in the car, get back in the car, they're going to kill you. And it's like, who's the they? They're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. They're going to assassinate you. And I think whether we're Republican, Black, uh, Democrat, Black, we all have the, had that fear for President Obama. At least I could talk about right, me. Right, right. Stuart, from your perspective, because you mentioned that, it's like, I'm just so glad. That that, not that I'm a fan, but I'm glad he was able to make it in America for eight years without getting killed. Yeah. Isn't that something to say, Bill? That's how I feel. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah but you, you're right. <clears throat> I suspect he had a lot of security. Uh, yeah. You remember when he first became president? He left and went to Five Guys and bought everybody hamburgers and milk right. and brought them back. I thought, you know, he snuck out on the Secret Service. I think he only did that once. <laughs> I don't think he did it a second time. But every yeah. time he got out the car, I was scared. Yeah. He was walking in the parade, and I was like, Lord, please help. Yeah. I was just glad he made it through. Yeah. yeah. There you we're, go. We're there at 52 go. minutes, so we've got to close this thing out here. Not a problem. Well, you know what? I'm going to close with my Obama hat on, my red shades, and my Obama um, uh, bobblehead. So I guess it is what it is. Ms. Stewart, thank you so much. This thank has just been a so blessing. Much. And the fact that we can agree to disagree, Absolutely. but also, Bill, in a civil way. Because one of yep. our guests shared with Bill and myself, uh, it was Professor, uh, the name slips me right now, the older I get, he says, you know, Let's engage as political competitors, not political enemies. And I try to say that every place I go now, because if we engage as political competitors, just like Carolina playing Duke in basketball, right, right. yes, they compete as hard as they can, but when the game is over, they're not enemies. 
their competitors, they shake each other's hand because this is America, the yeah. greatest country on the yeah. face of the earth right, right. now. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, Executive Director. Jacob Sutherland, Director. Matt Golden, News Director. Chen Ray Zhang, Director Producer. And Jason Gentarola, Audio Producer. All rights reserved. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com.